You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, AJ Andrews of GsFromTheCouch.com. And this is part two of our doubleheader on Sunday night. The AJ needs to make up for a very depressing week podcast. Um, also, uh, for those of you who are new to the podcast, I do have a day job. And I work that day job. It is in the sports industry. Um, but that's Tuesdays and Saturdays, which is why you usually see me posting episodes on Sundays, especially if I got a double pump. Um, it, it's just a lot easier. This is essentially my Saturday right now, which is why I am recording these episodes and drinking a Virga Mandarin Citrus Vodka Soda from uh, the Authentic Seacoast Distilling Company. Sorry, guys, I had to look for your name. Uh, from Guysboro, Nova Scotia, because I'm doing my best to support local businesses, and if I'm gonna be drinking anyway, might as well try and keep that trend up. Um, so yeah, uh, on our previous episode, we talked about Colton Wong and how he might be a better fit for the Blue Jays in some ways than DJ LeMahieu. And one of those ways is to uh, spread the money, so to speak. Um, You can make one big free agent signing and it won't do you a darn thing. Talk to the Phillies about Bryce Harper. Actually, talk to them about JT Real Muto, too. Phillies still haven't made the playoffs because they don't have the depth. They don't have the pitching behind Aaron Nola. They don't have enough bats behind Harper and Real Muto to hit. You need lots of options, both in the the bullpen slash rotation and in the lineup. So... The Blue Jays have made no secret of the fact that they want more starting pitching. And after watching Tanner Roark last year, I completely understand that desire. So it was a little surprising the name that came up uh, this weekend in relation to the Blue Jays. And it's a name that's very familiar to Toronto fans, especially if you just started following the team in 2015 and 16. Hey, nothing wrong with it. You gotta get attracted to the game sometime. Just saying, I know how you got here. Anyway, uh, MLB.com's John Paul Morosi reported that the Blue Jays were showing interest in veteran lefty J-Hap. And I, I really don't know what to make of this. First of all, this is the third team that J.P. Morosi has linked to J-Hap in two days because he already put out tweets regarding the Rangers and Angels having been linked to his market. So 
I mean, again, this this is where Toronto's at, where they can be linked with literally anyone and have it be plausible somewhat. Uh, anyway, Morosi put that out. Um, he did note that he was fourth in ERA plus this year among free agent pitchers who threw at least 40 innings, which is good. It's pretty good. He was actually really good for the Yankees this past season. He made nine starts in 49 and a third innings pitch. He had a 347 ERA and a whip of 105. Pretty good numbers. The K to walk ratio. Um, it was 2.8. He had 42 strikeouts against 15 walks. That's a good ratio. That is what J-Hap brings to your team. Control, an ability to mix pitches, an ability to get soft contact. Blue Jays fans know this very well. I mean, that all-star season he had in, in 2018 with the team where he was the opening day starter. Went 10 and 6 with a 418 ERA, mostly because the defense was kind of bad. Actually, had uh, one of his highest K9 rates that year. Uh, struck out 130 batters and 114 innings for Toronto because he knew he had to get the strikeouts. Um, but yeah, Hap was generally liked and respected during his time in Toronto, both stints, because he played with them from 2012 to 2014 was then dealt for Michael Saunders in the offseason and then came back on a three-year free agent deal uh, that he ended up pitching two and a half years of. And, you know, Toronto is familiar territory to him. He has pitched well here in the past. Had a 20-win season in 2016. Finished sixth in Cy Young voting. And, you know, it's... One of the things we've been talking about with pitchers uh, in relation to the Blue Jays is how they would fare in the AL East. Um, Especially, you know, the smaller parks. Because Rogers Center, Fenway Park, Yankee Stadium, Camden Yards, all very easy parks to get home runs in. Tropicana Field's probably the only one that isn't. And that's why the Rays play a more slashing kind of offense. So, you know, the focus has been what pitchers are going to succeed in that environment. And, well, Jay Happ has proven he can do that for almost a decade. Um, you know, um, career-wise, he's got a 398 ERA, but that includes some, some years with Houston where he was pretty lost in the wilderness. But as Happ has matured, he's become... Essentially, that Jamie Moyer type lefty who knows he isn't going to overpower, so he just tries to deceive and wile his way to outs. And he was effective at doing that. Problem is, the Yankees just didn't know how to use him. I mean, the Yankees had no one in their rotation, and they're still like, eh, yeah, we we don't need J-Hap. We'll just throw him in in relief and use... Uh, Davey Garcia as a smokescreen. And J-Hap's not a reliever. Um, the Yankees seem to think he, he is. Uh, 
in five postseason appearances with the Yankees from 2018 to 2020. Four of them were in relief. And he took two losses in those games. Uh, Gave up a home run in 2019 during the ALCS to Houston. Um, It it was a solo shot in the 11th uh, to Carlos Correa. Not a lot you can do, but he took the L there. And then this year in the ALDS against Tampa Bay, as mentioned, he had that piggyback appearance in game two and just got lit up by Tampa Bay. I mean, you know, you let... I I know Manuel Marco was just having the postseason of his life, but... Mike Zunino wasn't hitting anything. You, you, you can't be, be letting that happen. But, still, Hat provides veteran leadership, steady arm. You know he's going to give you five innings come hell or high water. Because that's, that's just what he do. He goes out there, he throws his five, he gets you to the bullpen, and... Yeah, there is something to say for that kind of reliability for the Blue Jays. And is it is it worth bringing back J-Hap in his age 38 season? He had his birthday last month. Is it worth bringing J-Hap back at that price? Let me think for a sec. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, that's that's a few seconds to think about things. So let's discuss price and fit for the Blue Jays, because that's, you know, the important thing when talking about these free agents. Um, if we go to... MLB trade rumors, top 50 free agents, Hap clocked in at number 41 and was projected to sign a one-year deal with the Mariners at $6 million. Pretty significant pay cut from the two-year $34 million deal he signed with the Yankees. Um, and Hap's on the free agent market because he had a vesting option um, that he would have earned if he had made 10 starts. He made nine starts for the Yankees and made comments to the press that New York was intentionally trying to avoid that option. So, here's the thing. Hap does offer, you know, steady production. He offers that steady five innings. You'll you'll get your thing. Signing a guy like Jay Happ would be indicative of Toronto's confidence in its offense because you're essentially paying Jay Happ to just get you to the bullpen. It's it's similar to what they wanted Tanner Roark to do, but also what he failed to do a lot of times is get to the bullpen with a lead. And depending on that bullpen makeup, if you have guys like Julian Merriweather and Jordan Romano and Rafael Delis and A.J. Cole, 
if you have them back there, you have enough arms potentially to be able to make that strategy work with a guy like Hap. Now, he, he does give up home runs lately. And that is something we talked about in the AL East that you can't really do. Gave up the two home runs against Tampa Bay in the playoffs. Gave up that home run to Carlos Correa. He gave up 34 home runs in 2019. And yeah, you can pin a lot of that on having to pitch in Yankee Stadium. A stadium so small that an ant can run around the bases in 30 seconds. Rogers Center isn't that small. Still very home run friendly, but not that small. So, you have to be comfortable with Hap, you know, serving up that that one pitch every game. But, it's still very hard for batters to find that pitch, because Hap mixes his pitches very well, and he has five of them. He has the four-seamer, the two-seamer, the slider slash cutter, a, ch- a change-up, and a curveball. And, you know, when you're consistently guessing... As a lot of batters are doing nowadays, trying to find a specific pitch, Hap can just make sure he doesn't throw that pitch. And, you know, a a lot was made when Anthony Alford left the team, uh, was designated for assignment and claimed by Pittsburgh, because that was officially the last link to the playoff teams. Toronto now was in completely uncharted waters. No one could speak with experience about what happened when the Blue Jays were at the top of the division. Jay Happ obviously fixes that. (laughs) Interspaced with his stint with the Yankees. And for a team that, you know... The veteran voices on that team last year were guys like Joe Panic, were guys like Taiwan Walker, were guys like AJ Cole and Anthony Bass. There was there was not a lot of veteran leadership going out there every day. Hyunjin Ryu. Um you know, I I admire his quiet determination, but he's not really that guy who can uh, take batters aside. Or take pitchers aside and and work with them as easy as some other batters. Just a language barrier is there. J Hop would be that steadying influence for the for a team that was still among the youngest in Major League Baseball last year. Is it one of those thrilling all oh, we got a star signings? No. But it's one of those signings that hopefully works a bit better than Tanner Roark coming in. And, you know, again, you're, you're banking on continued growth from that lineup. You're banking on continued production and, and steps forward from Bo Bichette, from Vladdy Jr., from Teoscar, from Lourdes Goriel, from Danny Jansen. And as long as you can maintain that advantage, it's, it's the race strategy. They were just letting Blake Snell and and Charlie Morton and Ryan Yarbrough go out there pitch five innings, if that, and just say, just get us to the bullpen with a lead. J-Hap, J-Hap can do that 
a lot easier than some of the other pitchers that are going to be available on the market. So it makes sense for the Blue Jays to be interested in that reunion. It makes sense for the Angels to be interested in. I don't know what the Rangers are doing. The Rangers are a mess. I'm sorry, Bryce. Rangers are a mess. Why haven't they traded Lance Lynn yet? There, There's a topic for another day. Should the Blue Jays pony up for Lance Lynn? But, and yet, I would not hate a Hap signing. Especially if he's coming in below Robbie Ray. I, I mentioned this on Twitter when, when Drew Smiley signed in Atlanta. And I brought it up on Saturday night. But I'm going to bring it up again here. If the going rate is $11 million for an average starting pitcher. Getting a guy like Hap, who's been able to maintain a low ERA in the face of the long ball. And be able to maintain that effectiveness at a very steady rate in this in his career without many injuries. I think the last time J-Hap went on the IL was due to hand, foot, and mouth disease. That is freaking random. And for a Blue Jays team that did have a lot of issues, you know, keeping guys healthy, Having someone who you know is going to punch that clock day in, day out and give you that five innings, it's a nice thing to have. So, I mean, if Hap's the big signing, obviously not thrilled about it, but Hap as a four-fifth starter on this team, I'm all for it. If you, if you, if you whiff on some of the other guys on the market, why not? There, there are definitely worse options to have as your fifth starter than a guy with 200, no, sorry, um, 324 games pitched and a winning percentage of 572. It's not bad. That's what that sign would be. It's not bad. It's not a bad signing. Anyway. I'm going to stop right there. That'll be the end of this episode. Just a reminder, if you missed any previous episodes, you can go to the subscription service of your choice. Um, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, whatever you use, you can find Locked on Blue Jays on there. See all the old episodes. Subscribe to make sure you don't miss the episodes. And you can follow the podcast on Twitter and Facebook at Locked on Jays. The episode links are posted to Twitter. And you can follow me on there at A underscore J underscore Andrews. The underscores are there because Twitter is dumb. It is very, very dumb. But it allows for communication. So um, that'll be it. I'm going to try and do a better job of spacing these out. This upcoming week, I know it's Thanksgiving week in the States, so I know it won't affect most of you, but it will affect some of you. And, uh, you know, try to make sure you have things to distract yourself from that third helping of pumpkin pie by yourself, because you should be, because the COVID is raging and people seem to be forgetting that. 
and there was a party on Edward Street that I just want to find everyone who attended and just, like, you know, take a rubber glove, put it on my hand, and just start punching people for being stupid. But I can't do that. I can just say that to y'all. And y'all will know how I feel. And that's what I appreciate about y'all. Anyway, for everyone at the Locked On Podcast Network and everyone at jaysfromthecouch.com, I'm AJ Andrews. Thank y'all so much for listening to tonight's episode. And y'all take care.